welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Ah, uh, yeah. How you doing? Welcome to the program. TGIF. Pirates are in first place. <laughs> They're over 600. What the hell? And no one's going to the games still. What a mucked up organization oh my god and it it's not a drill usually these things are on Tuesdays uh, okay unbelievable you see anyone running for the exits no I think when you hold too many drills like these guys do, we're absolutely, let's see if, maybe they're serious. <laughs> Are people leaving? Uh, hang in there, guys. This is going on a little long. I bet they want us out. No? You see, I have windows on both sides. There's people wandering around on both. But it's not stopping. And welcome to the show. Yet another. Never know what's going to happen. Lynn Cullen Show. Uh, Carlos said it's a test. All right, guys, hang hang with us. If this is a test, they're going to stop. I mean, I don't know what this sounds like on your end, but I can't even hear myself talk, so. Meanwhile, they're, they're literally deafening uh, hundreds of people now in this building. This is so loud here. <laughs> Getting a headache. Hello? What was I saying? Welcome to the program. Never a dull moment. I have a headache. I don't need to say a headache now. All right. Well, I'll tell you one thing. The fire alarm at 650 Smithfield works real well. That much we now know. I feel safer already. God almighty. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I can't. I, I I think I said this. I can't. I can't continue to keep up uh, with 
the constant unraveling of the Trump, uh, the crook, the crooked Trump administration. It's it's fascinating how with his names for other people, crooked Hillary, how he was always projecting um, everything that he sends out there that is, you know, despicable just bounces off the target and right back to him where it resides absolutely, uh, you know, copacetically. Such a crooked bunch. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to come up with a more... And, you know, I don't know. Do we like... They're crooked at such a facile level. They're crooked at such a... I mean, crooked like, you know, yeah, your cousin Vinny. I mean, they are not like really playing at a, playing the crooked game at a high uh, level. Uh-uh. I mean, these are just your average sort of regular New York uh, thugs, crooks. It's unbelievable. So I, you know, I, I never watched The Sopranos, but I mean, it, it, it's it's like you know, it's on that level. That's how Trump uh, operates and Cohen operates, and all these guys. They're up to more. I bet Bob Mueller, his head. I you know he's got a really good head, but I bet it's spinning constantly. I mean, uh, connecting the dots with this crowd, <laughs> you'd end up with. I mean, can you imagine what it looks like? The convolutions, the the shady characters lurking in in alleyways here and there, all over the globe. What a extraordinary bunch. Anyway, I want to um, I want to talk about things that are happening to our country while we all obsess about. Michael Avenatti and Stormy Daniels and the latest uh, blatherings from uh, Rudy Giuliani and uh, just look at what is getting done. And the two, I mean, the Trump administration is extraordinarily productive in some in some ways, and it's not really being covered. Uh, on in the news generally it doesn't you know something like CNN for instance and MSNBC I guess and Fox as well where did they get the idea that America just wants to know one story over and over and over again when there's all this other stuff happening Um, hour after hour every time I check it it's the same stuff. And they don't move on to say, and this also is happening. And when they do move on, it's to nonsense. It's to, uh, you know, the royal wedding or uh, sort of emergency news, a volcano or a storm. Uh, but they don't tell you what we as citizens need them to tell us, wh- what we need to know. Like what... We're told constantly that our government is doing nothing, that it's simply, uh, you know, not functional anymore. But that's not true. It is doing stuff. 
And what it's doing is undermining so many programs that you and I certainly support and we don't even know they're under attack. And what they are doing is remaking the judiciary. Happening every day. They stick another judge with life tenure on some, uh, on, on, on some federal court somewhere. Gets no coverage at all. Some judge, almost all white males, who are, you know, relics from the 14th century in their political perspective and their, uh, and their legal uh, views. It's, it's really something. And the other thing that the Trump administration has been really good at is terror. They have been terrorizing people in this country, terrorizing people who live here, And they have been, while not literally putting up walls, they have been doing so legally by trashing programs that have stood for generations that allow refugees, people in extraordinary distress in other parts of the world, from finding refuge, refuge e from finding refuge here. So when it comes to something like terrorizing marginalized and already terrorized populations, the Trump administration is going gangbusters. It is frighteningly competent in this, along with, of course, malevolent and along with cruel. So I've had this in my pocket since, well, early April. And I, let, me, let me share it. It is a piece that is written by um, a Brit, uh, David Miliband, who is now the... Uh, chief executive of what's called the International Rescue Committee. He and his, I think it's twin brother, right? His twin brother's um, mucky muck or was in the British government. And um, and they're, they're two smart cookies, these two. But this one went over to the uh, NGO side, non-governmental, but still wanting to make an in impact. And from his perch in Europe, um, he sees the United States in full retreat from principles and practices that had long defined the United States, a beacon, a statue of liberty, a, 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 a welcomer of people in need. It what as any true student of American history, as any true patriot knows, what makes this nation great 
what has made this nation great, what continues to make this nation great, is the influx of new, eager, hungry people. They inevitably become the best of us. But Trump and his ilk don't see that at all, obviously, and want these people to stop coming. Miliband says, if current practices under Trump continue, the United States will literally have no refugee program at all by the end of this administration. They are dismantling every program that brought people here. Miliband says, there is such animus toward, think of it, animus toward the neediest people. And it, that animus is being translated into real policy. And they're being very efficient about it. We've never, uh, uh, the resettlement program that has been in place in this country for about the last 30, 40 years um, had over time averaged just 95,000. I mean, that's not, that's a drop in the bucket when it comes to the millions of people in distress in the world. But the U.S. has averaged about 95,000 refugees per year that we have let in and have allowed to settle here. Um, as I said, this is nothing compared to what most European countries have done. Just the, uh, think of the populations of, uh, of Syria <laughs> or of Sudan alone. You've got tens of millions of human beings in need of a new beginning. So, Actually, this guy's, the International Rescue Committee, puts the number of uh, asylum seekers in the world right now at about 25 million. So even when we were taking in refugees, it was only 95,000. Much smaller countries, Italy, Germany, others have done much better. But the president we now have has said, it's too many. We don't want them. And his administration is, according to Miliband, literally rigging the admissions system to this country to ensure that, for instance, this year, probably no more than 20,000 Refugees will be allowed in. 95,000 under both Bushes, under Clinton, under Obama, under this xenophobic racist, probably about 20. 
And remember when the Syrians were gassed? The last time they were gassed. And, oh my God, uh, Trump said, it's terrible, it's an outrage, it's this and that. Well, it's figured that minimally 60 people died in that last uh, gas attack in Syria. And, uh, oh, those poor Syrians, we saw the babies, the children, right? The reality is the people, the Syrians that died in that one attack, that's a greater number than the number of Syrians we have allowed into this country. Those children, if they had asked, can we come in, please? We're in grave danger. We will be gassed. We will be killed. We would have slammed the door in their faces. So when you look at who our refugee program is supposed to take in, these have been the criteria, victims of torture, those with uh, medical needs that are urgently require attention, uh, women and children in great need, and um, the very real uh, threat that they would pose uh, staying in their home countries. In order for somebody, according to our current law, for one of these poor, desperate people that fall into any of those categories, to find refuge in the United States of America, the vetting process in place is Kafkaesque. Anyone who gets through it, my God, they must feel like, <laughs> I'm finally, I did it. I mean, at minimally eight different agencies vet them. Eight different agencies vet them. There are interviews. There are biometric testing. There is all kinds of stuff digging into their histories, their families' histories. Minimally, it takes two years. And we're supposed to be worried about these people that pass this, the pass, jump through all these hoops. They're a threat to us. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a libertarian uh, think tank called the Cato Institute. I'm sure you've heard of it. They have estimated that the chance of an American dying in a terrorist attack committed by a refugee To be one in four, I'm going to round it a little bit, one in four billion. Because here's the reality, unless of course you watch Fox News or listen to right-wing radio. Refugees are not terrorists, they are victims of terrorism. That's why they are refugees. And the thing is, is that when and if, my God, any of them manage to squeak through, and as I said before, the Trump administration is out, the trickle will have turned into an absolute stoppage. 
we really should take down the Statue of Liberty. It's it it uh, it now shames us by its presence in New York Harbor. Or we should put have her weeping, have a tears coursing down her cheeks. And the thing is, is as I said before, this is the best of us. These refugees end up becoming the best Americans. Uh, government reports have shown in the last decade, refugees have brought in $63 billion more in government revenue than they ever cost us. $63 billion. And by the time refugees have been in this country for, let's say, 25 years, they have settled, they have raised children here, their median household income is higher than the median income of U.S. households. They're hard workers. They make money. They pay taxes. They contribute. And Millerbrand is warning us that despite the fact that this refugee resettlement has had bipartisan support throughout, that it is now quietly being strangled to death by the malevolent Trump administration. Okay. In 2017, and that was before the Trump administration ramped up its actions. So in the first year of the Trump administration, 6,996 refugees were allowed into this country from Iraq. Many of them people who risked their lives to help the U.S. endeavor there. How about this year? You know how many have been let in from Syria? 7,000 essentially last year. This year so far, 107. Comparable figures for Iran are, um, they're down to 31 Iranians left, let in. Uh, do you know how many Syrians we've let, let in? And don't tell me you can't tell those people are in desperate need. you know how many Syrians we've let in? This year, 44. 44. So these are often people who have helped the United States and thus become targets as a result. And there was a special program for those kinds of people. That program's being cut. Thousands let in in 2017, 36 Iraqis in that category now, and on and on and on. Most refugees are not trying to get in here. They know that's ain't going to happen. 
so they're they're going to uh they're going to countries like Jordan which is letting them in like Bangladesh for God's sakes which is letting them in and the US is absolutely abandoning the role it has played in the world for ever and this gets no attention I, I I have a caller I'll take the call but I also want to talk specifically about a temporary uh, program that has brought hundreds of thousands of people into the United States um, and the Trump administration is uh, absolutely ending it and telling all of these people some of whom have been here for decades get out the program we always said was temporary. I don't care if you've been here 35 years. You've got until next year. Get out. Thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, I believe. That is happening in your country. Somebody who might live next door might be, in fact, targeted. As I said yesterday, we live in a country now where people wearing the American flag knock on people's doors in the dead of night and drag them into the streets. Caller, go ahead, please. Hello. Hi, Lynn. Hi. Hey, um, it's a little different than what you were talking about. Um, uh, Trump always brags about the job creation and the economy's common, but the facts are facts. Obama created 20,000 jobs more a month than Trump has after he got us out of the recession. So he's not doing anything. He brags about the economy, and he's just riding on Obama's economy is what he's doing. He's done nothing to make it better. He may brag with this tax cut bullshit and that, but that's not doing it. It says Obama's economy he's still riding on. I don't give a shit if he's been in there for three years. He's set the, you know upward thing and now he's taking advantage of right, it. Now right, it's going to go the other way eventually. But this is always what happens. Republicans yeah, make a total thing. Republicans destroy the economy and then the American people say, oh, I thought they were going to cut my taxes but now I'm out of a job and I'm you know, I'm, I'm dispossessed so I guess I'll vote for uh, a Democrat. They vote for the Democrat. The Democrats, whether Clinton or Obama, they get the country back up they get it working, they cut the deficit way down, and people, the economy is humming. They are always brought in for cleanup. As soon as things are cleaned up, the idiot American voters fall for the same Republican crap again and put a Republican in that can t starts to dismantle everything that has been accomplished. This is what we do, back, forth, back, forth, because we have a stupid electorate Democrats don't get to do Democrats don't get to do anything except clean up the mess that Republicans have made in the prior eight years that's what Democrats come into office to do never move it forward think, just clean it up I think the Democrats are going to take the house and maybe the Senate but I kind of doubt that but I have this bad feeling and I hope to hell I'm wrong that I see these polls where it says 76% of the Republicans think this is a witch hunt with Mueller. 
and he's got a pretty strong Republican base. If he just peels off enough of those independents and some dumbass Democrats again, he could pull this off and be in there another four years. Now, I hope to hell I'm wrong. Well, I don't listen. Maybe tomorrow I'll feel different about it. Just reading some of the things. But that's just right. if he gets past his molar thing and all that bullshit. But I just feel like you say, the people are stupid. They'll vote him in. Any Democrat who hasn't learned his or her lesson that we are always out of it. We do not understand forces in our own country. We're in our own bubble. If you think there is no possibility that Donald Trump could get reelected, then you also are part of the problem. So I totally right. agree with you. Thank you very yeah, much. It, don't don't put it like say, oh, well, we got this one. We're, he, he's going to be outer. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that with George W. Yeah. I thought, hell, it's, he did the war happen. And I thought, oh, this dumbass will be getting, you know, thrown out. But yeah, it yeah. happened. Yeah. Thank you. Same thing. Yep. So. All righty. Okay. Bye. We'll see you. Bye. Okay, bye. All right, so there's been a program, TPS. It's been there forever, Temporary Protective Status. And it is specifically a refugee program that allows people um, to come into this country because some cataclysm, natural, you know, hurricane, earthquakes, uh, or um, political, uh, is happening in their country, and they are allowed in. There is an understanding that when things like get back on their feet in their countries that they will uh, return. Uh, that often doesn't happen, though. So they're totally destroying, and this has been announced, this was announced maybe th two or three weeks ago, that um, different populations in our country are being told, you've got a year, or maybe even, they're, they're being very generous, maybe 18 months, get your crap together, close the businesses you've started, uh, tell the people you employ that they're out of work, um, say goodbye to your uh, grandchildren because we know your children have been born here and are American citizens, but you get the hell out. Um, so the Trump administration is ending TPS coverage for Nepalese, thousands. For Hondurans, thousands. Estimated 86,000 people from Honduras currently living in the United States, and they have been told, you're getting out. All told, there's more than 300,000 people living in our country who have papers, they have, they carry a card similar to a driver's license, enables them to work legally, get driver's licenses, all that stuff. They are given social security numbers. They, the, they are not entitled to any welfare benefits, any federal loans, any state assistance. They don't get anything from us except this a place to live and to work. That's it. So they don't enjoy, and they can't vote, they don't enjoy the benefits of citizenry, but they enjoy 
the security of living in a country that is not coming apart at the seams yet. 300,000 people are in our country that way. Many are from uh, Central American and the, you know, the brown people that this administration uh, is afraid of. Hondurans have been told they've got till 2020 and they've got to get the hell out. Uh, about a month ago, 9,000 people from Nepal uh, were told they have to leave. 200,000 people from El Salvador have been told, you're out of here. And this, if you pay any attention... These countries that they're being sent back to are countries that are still spewing out desperate refugees. Last year we threw out 45,000 Haitians. And you know what a wonderful place Haiti is. We decided it was fine and dandy. Back you go. Um, so these poor Hondurans, many of whom, as I said, have lived here for decades have businesses, employ people, have children, families, grandchildren who are Americans, they're being thrown out. Why would we do that? Why would they entered legally? Why would we do that? It was George Bush who signed this temporary status program into law. So we're sending all these Hondurans back. You looked at Honduras lately? Honduras is one of has one of the highest murder rates in the world. It has been having rioting in the streets because of uh, uh, suspect uh, presidential. Like it's a it's a disaster. We're going to throw out hardworking people who came from that country seeking asylum and we're throwing them back into it, forcing them to be separated from their now American family members. Listen to a Republican congresswoman from South Florida. This is so wrong-headed. This is so detrimental to families and to our economy. The cancellation of TPS is a death sentence for many of these people who are being sent back. Just to make clear, we are throwing out people who have produced 53,000 plus American citizens. Those are their children, American-born children. 85% of the people we are throwing out are gainfully employed in our economy. That's a better, uh, that's a better number than native-born Americans. Oh, and they say, well, they're taking our jobs. They're willing to work. A full 20% of them have mortgages. They have homes. We're throwing them out. Why? Because they're brown. I'll tell you that right now. That is why. Because they are brown. Don't believe what you hear on the news. Stuff is happening. Horrible stuff is happening. 
Chuck writes, The Republican agenda is moving ahead and we are not hearing about it. The news media is congested with 24-7 coverage of life under Trump and every headline says the sky is falling, which it is. By the way, one of the issues getting no coverage is the net neutrality issue. Here, here. Senate Democrats narrowly won a vote. Senate Democrats won a vote on Wednesday. That's amazing. Uh, to save net neutrality rules. That What that means is that you can get on the Internet and get to wherever you want. If net neutrality goes down, then the big boys, the corporations will be able to stifle or slow down the ability of smaller entities to be seen and heard on this on this internet so the game will be rigged in ways that it has never been before Henry writes, Lynn just wanted to address your earlier caller's comment about Trump and his administration riding on the coattails of Obama's successes. People have short memories. But the Dow was 7,500 when Obama inherited that mess from Bush. And it was nearly triple that when Trump took over. Also, it infuriates me no end that so, many, so much of the Republican agenda seems to be dedicated to discrediting the Obama administration and erasing it from history. That seems to be the only thing that it's about. You can't tell me that doesn't have something to do with making sure we never have another black president. Dorothea writes, why would we throw out hardworking people who have lived here for decades? You tell me. She says it's really simple because Republicans are systematically removing votes that would hurt their chances, their agenda. They do manage to do that, don't they? <laughs> Milton has a, here's, here, here's what a lot of Republicans think. This is so true. What is an immigrant? An immigrant is a person who lounges around all day on welfare while simultaneously stealing your job. That's what they think. Now, if the first part is correct, then the second part cannot be correct. So they're either hardworking and they're taking your job or they're getting welfare, lounging around, doing nothing. And I'll tell you what, what they're doing is trying to get ahead. It's why they came. It's what energizes this country. They do not get welfare. The, the, the la-la land of lies that Trump supporters live in is extraordinary. Also, also uh, here's something else that is working. They're remaking the judiciary of this country in ways that will impact us uh, for well beyond my lifetime. The Senate recently confirmed the president's 16th appeals court nominee. Uh, that means he has put more people on the federal, in the federal judiciary 
than did the last five presidents together in this length of time, in their tenures. So if you take the Bushes, Clinton, Obama, and, and you look at how many judges they were able to put on the federal judiciary, they don't rise to the level of what Trump has done in less than two years. And you can look to Mitch McConnell for that. Mitch McConnell, who refused to let al almost all of Barack Obama's nominees through, right? And now they're rubber stamping one after another. And these guys are, as I said, they're knuckle draggers. They are unbelievable. One just got through yesterday, I believe. Michael Brennan. He's a Milwaukee lawyer. And he is as right-wing as they come. In fact, he's so objectionable that one of the senators from Wisconsin used what is called a blue slip, where a senator of a state can say, uh-uh, not. That is something that Democrats, when they're in office let Republican senators do. So Senator Baldwin in Wisconsin tried it, and Mitch McConnell said, screw you. So these traditionalists, the Republicans, the conservative Republicans, are not allowing that courtesy which used to extend to members of the other party. In fact, they're about to ram through another who is blue-slipped by both senators of the state. And here is a quote from Mitch McConnell. Triumphant. Here's what he said. One-eighth <clears throat> excuse me, one-eighth, one-eighth of the circuit judges in America have been appointed by Donald Trump. He hasn't even served for two years. No president has been able to do that because the system was working. There were checks and balances and blue slips, and so there were people only making their way through that truly were palatable. It ain't working anymore. It stopped not working under Obama because of McConnell. And it has continued not working under uh, McConnell. Think of that. One-eighth of the circuit judges in this entire country have been put there with lifetime tenures by Donald Trump. And, oh wait, my numbers are down. I said 16. And this week, the Senate approved the 21st Trump Appeals Court judge. It's just going like this. Rubber stamp. One after the other. And there's no getting those people off. That's it. 
And if you bother to look into who these guys are, and they're overwhelmingly, I don't know if there's a woman among them, they're white males, knuckle-draggers. Caller, go ahead, please. Hi, man. Good morning to Hi. you, such, Hi. As, such as it is. I think every morning that I wish you a good morning <laughs> until uh, until this individual is out of office and then some, I'm going to have to qualify it in that manner. Um, I could go off on a rant or a tirade on, on nearly every subject you've touched upon. Oh, I, sure. I will say in regards to the, the judges and the despicable Mitch McConnell's actions and uh, the federal judiciary and the Supreme Court being restocked with uh, fringe right-wingers from the, all fresh-faced from the federal society, federalist society, excuse me. Right, right. Um, I, for that reason alone, I, I, even if it was only the spot on the Supreme Court, I cannot understand any Democrat, any liberal, any progressive who didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in the past election or actively worked to diminish her odds um, through, through media and social media and bought into all these you know, ridiculous memes about her. I'm, I, I castigate myself for not doing more, not that I, not that I have enough of a sense of grandiosity as think I could have swung the the state of Pennsylvania, which I previously had been very proud of in terms of how our state was trending, but yeah, let, let's just let me get to the, to the reason I originally was going to call, which is that yes, he could be reelected, uh, given that uh, the malignant incompetency of the Bush administration was held over for another term. Yes, uh, I don't. Th- I don't think there's any uh, grotesque, uh, Corey, too, um, uh, too awfully per- perpetuated by, uh, by uh, the right in this country and by Republican voters. Um, and um, when I, the action he took, it, what, the only thing, the, the thing that continues to marvel me, and I, I think this is why I find it even more aberrant than the, pre- the previous Republican administration, is that while, while George W. Bush was and is incompetent, inept, out of his depth, impulsive, um, ignorant of history, uh, corrupt, uh, backed by uh, you know, the sociopathic Dick Cheney, I don't think either he or Cheney were utterly amoral and disloyal to this nation. Um, they didn't demagogue. On, they did demagogue on certain social issues. Uh, they um, no, but, but they I mean, this is what, well. Look, John, John. Here's the fact: Trump is so horrible that he allows you to actually say that Dick Cheney. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I mean, seriously. Mitigate, he, mitigate my loathing of the. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it is really. It, his awfulness is is so extraordinary that yes, he has single-handedly uh, redeemed George when, W. Bush. When you look at when you look at what he did, okay, there was a trade 
uh, there was there were trade restrictions in place, trade tariffs in place. Excuse me, um, that were hurting ZTE. Yes. Chinese right. telecom right, companies. Right, 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 right. The other, the other, the other little tidbit about ZTE yeah. is that those phones, yeah, they got their banned and confiscated on military bases, right? Because they're suspected to be part of Chinese. That's right. Cyber hacking. That's right. So our intelligence uh, services have said ZTE is like uh, it's a it's a national security threat, and here is our the American president saying he's going to save that company. And he's going to say... And, and coincidentally, what? and completely unrelated, the Chinese government, yeah. a few days before, yeah. backed one of his investments in Indo- 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 China yeah, right. $500 million. Right, half a billion completely all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. Fortuitous. No, this is, this, is a, uh, this is the most malevolent, he's uh, a cr- that's crooked... Criminal. Yeah, he's a it's, criminal. He's a disloyal, amoral criminal. The Republican Party, every one of them, every one of them that supports him and that tolerates that are criminal. None of them deserve to be in that office. Forget the uh, the emollients clause. That's just loyalty. Yeah, right. Well, I know. We know know none of them have the integrity. They They will not, even if they lose the Senate, they won't impeach him. I understand that. So the only option is to feed him in 2020. Or make life so miserable for him that he leaves through criminal investigation. Yeah, I don't. Well, and and various we'll probes that he either resigns or does not run again. Okay, well, John, I gotta I gotta move on, but thank you. Disgusting. Th- yeah, it's disgusting. That's the word. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. I want to quote Noam Chomsky. Uh, Barbara has um, sent me a quote. At one level, Trump's antics ensure that attention is focused on him. And attention is diverted from what is happening in the background. And stop and think about that, because that's what I've been talking about today. You watch those cable shows, and all they cover is him. Over and over and over, an endless loop. And they do not cover what is happening. And so Chomsky says he keeps the attention on himself. This is Trump and media loving each other. In, 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 I mean, the media can't get enough of him. And in, because he makes, he's right when he says he makes money for them. So it is, they've made a deal with the devil. And it doesn't serve us at all. So they, they don't report on what is happening in the government. So as Chomsky and I have said, attention is diverted from what is happening. And Chomsky, there, out of the spotlight, the most savage fringe of the Republican Party is carefully advancing policies designed to enrich their true constituency. And that is the constituency of private power and wealth the masters of mankind, to borrow Adam Smith's phrase. These policies will harm the general population and devastate future generations, but that's of little concern to the Republicans and apparently to the media, I add. Yeah. So we need to pay better attention. 
And I just want to throw in, did you see who now has the most power in Iraq? Iraq just held democratic elections. That's one of the reasons so many Americans died over there to uh, get rid of Saddam Hussein and give them a democracy. Well, we did. They went to the polls. And while he wasn't running, it doesn't matter, his people took over. And I'm talking about a guy named Muqtada al-Sadr. Does that name ring a bell? Well, it should, because he was one of our major enemies when he was and his people were killing American soldiers over there. So we went into Iraq at such cost of humanity so that the Iraqis could vote and they have voted and they have given power to the cleric Muqtada al-Sadr who led the Shiite militia that targeted American troops and then he fled to the comfort of Iran to keep himself alive so that he could come back and essentially be the top dog in Iraq. So, the Iraq invasion, how did that go? Speaking of Bush and Cheney. Aren't you glad they got to vote? And they voted for the American killer. And the real, real, real right-winger cleric. Sort of like an Ayatollah. Wonderful. We've got calls. Go ahead, caller. Go ahead. All right, enough of this nonsense, Lynn. I want to talk about your beverage choices. Uh, before, it used to every day be a Diet Pepsi, right? Or a Diet Coke. Or right. Diet but then I got, I, now, I yes, water. You, you took your short break, and you came back, and then it was um, vitamin water, sometimes plain water, sometimes flavored water, sometimes, uh, what do you call it, the, the Sparkling. LaCroix. I would call it LaCroix. But yeah, LaCroix. They call it LaCroix. I no, guess. it's LaCroix. And I wondered what you had today, a can of... LaCroix, uh, grapefruit flavored, and I oh, also wow. have my Aquafina, too. Ooh, you're doubling up on the hydration. Yeah, no. You don't no. have to do a free commercial for them. We have to save that for when you do your own show. <laughs> when you do your own show out of your living room, you have to get uh, LaCroix and Aquafina. Yeah, and tell you, the, exactly right. Here. Exactly right. No, I've, I am the most hydrated person ever now. All I do is drink water, water, water. I don't touch those that crap I drank for so many years. I feel yeah, I always thought that those uh, carbonated things, like well, especially it's the Pepsi, diet I stuff. always thought tasted like yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it, I always thought it tasted like bathroom cleaner. It like burns when it goes down. Yeah, and, yeah. But it doesn't get you high like uh, tequila. It <laughs> so just what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? But yeah, I just wondered if you're feeling better because what I've been doing is I'm a I'm a um, a sworn carnivore, voracious carnivore. Me like too. You are. Me too. But lately, I've been eating a lot less meat, and for Me some, too. I just feel a lot better. Me too. Because I think the older I get, it's harder for your stomach to digest right. meat and stuff. Yeah. Even though I still love it, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I definitely just drink water and tequila. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely yes, eating better foods and yeah, just being more aware and. Uh, 
Yeah, I feel much better. Well, you look fabulous, but not that you, you always do. But I'll let you get back to this politics stuff, Ed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but thank you. I was thank just you, curious Michael. about the uh, beverages. Yes, All right. thank you. I'll talk to you later. Love you. Bye. Love you, too. Water, water, water. We've got another call? Hung up? Okay. Um, here's some good news after I've... <coughs> oh, it's with my voice. Here's some good news. Wait, I'll let Ray in here. Whew, Ray, you said a mouthpiece here. I mean a mouthful. Uh, Lynn, the Republicans have been taken have been taken over not to fight a political war, but rather to fight a cultural war. Don't make the mistake of thinking the motivations that drive their policies can be understood in a traditional political framework. An important book in the zeitgeist of the new Republicans is a vile work, oh, I know this, called The Camp of the Saints. Yeah, Steve Bannon loved that book. It is an apocalyptic tale of the fall of Europe and the fall of white Western civilization to hordes of invading brown and black people. Yeah. That was Bannon's Bible. Take a peek at the storyline and maybe you can start to understand how much disgust is driving this Republican agenda. The right is not filled with hate or fear as much as they have been taught to be disgusted by any culture that is not seen as Western Christian, whatever the hell that means. As your brother brilliantly points out, disgust is very different from any other emotion because it carries a moral judgment. And keep in mind, humans may run from what they hate or fear, but we want to burn and destroy what disgusts us because disgust implies our superiority. Yeah, disgust lets you kill easily. The title of the book, this book that Bannon loved, The Camp of the Saints, the title of the book comes from the book of Revelations. Under all of this is the pathological eschat eschat Jesus eschatology, right? Of the right Christians who yearn for the end times and the second coming. And that's why they support Israel because the Jews all have to go back there for the world to end, I guess. Try reflecting on what you hear when it seems irrational. It's only irrational if it was a strategy in politics. But what it is is a strategy to prevent infection by a disgusting horde of outsiders. Stop and think about what they're doing and where they are getting the work done. And that's why yesterday I was sort of bringing up Stalinistic, Hitlerian kinds of images because that's what they're doing. The people they're systematically throwing out of this country are black and brown. The people they are targeting are black and brown. The disgust they clearly feel for these people they see as animals, as vermin. I'm using words, infestation, words that have been used by the president others to dehumanize people 
separating children of these people from their parents. This is Hitlerian, early Hitlerian tactics, and not to see it, not to recognize it for what it is. It actually takes willful, willful action on our parts to disregard what is happening. And race, to finish up, says, I blame in some part the identity politics that stoked the flames of this culture war. It was, uh, you know, both fringes of right or left, as soon as they feel they got the power. Because the left figured that we won the culture war. Look, gays can marry, this and that, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Um, and we disregard the the backlash uh, that we create. Um, yeah. I don't know. May I end on a piece of good news? You can eat romaine lettuce again. Yep. I just want you to know, <clears throat> food experts now say romaine is safe to eat. So there you have it. Enjoy. Uh, but we got to wake up, got to stay woken up, and don't think you're learning much if you watch CNN and MSNBC all day and night. They ain't covering one scintilla of what we need to be paying attention to. They're st stuck on one story and one story only, and you're forgetting that these Trump people are doing every day extraordinary damage to people's lives and to our country. Have a nice weekend. See you Monday. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.